0: seemed terrified that she was going to die. Maybe it had never occurred to her before, but now she was obsessed. She sank into a deep depression and began to drink heavily. Don't listen to your old mother, she would wail. Oh, Dinah, Dinah, life is so short. Look at me, I've hardly done anything. I've only been with two men. I've never lived anywhere but here in the valley. Dinah, you've got to get more out of your life than I have. You shouldn't be a virgin when you get married. What's the point? Your father left me anyway. So if there's a boy that you want to go to bed with, you just go right ahead. I'll arrange for birth control. She took a dramatic gulp of vodka. Dinah was alarmed. She appealed to her mother's former sense of chastity. Ma, ah, whoa, wait, I haven't said that I want to... I'm fine like I am. I refuse to let you have a life like mine. What's the point? I had a life like mine and look at me. I've seen you looking at that boy Mickey in your jazz class. I could arrange for the two of you to have sex, and I could be there to supervise. Dinah ran upstairs to her room. Her mother had no recollection of the conversation the next day. It was the first of a series of sexual discussions they would have while her mother was in a complete blackout. This is why Dinah is bad with men. Well, one of the reasons, anyway. When she was very little, about two, her father went away. She hardly ever saw him after that, maybe once a year. See, he and her mom didn't get along, and besides, he'd moved far away. Anyway, after he left, she waited for him to come back. She made herself wonderful for his return. And whenever she saw him on his once-a-year visits, she'd put on her best behavior so he'd love her. Because she hardly ever saw him, he grew daily in her mind, A paternal tumor on her imagination. She loved, she worshiped the father she made up in her mind. The father she created in fantasy, the person she created herself to be so that she should be good enough for him, too good for him when he finally came back. That father and the person she became for him grew more intricate with each passing day till finally she had created two monsters. The father she never had, and the daughter he should never have left. So this is where the bad thing with men happens. She puts on her best behavior whenever they visit so they'll love her, and she can't possibly know who they are for all that she needs them to be, all that she imagines they are in their absence. In a nutshell, monsters, these strangers that are her father. And if they're not leaving, she'll push them, so she can try to get them to return. And if they're not leaving, she'll leave, because she doesn't know how to be with them for long. She loves them until they love her. She yearns. This is why Dinah is bad with men. The first time Dinah met Rudy was at her boss Charlotte's 55th birthday party, about a month after she began working on Heart's Desire, a new soap opera that had just started the year before in New York. Don't leave me. Dinah said, clutching Connie's arm as they stepped off the elevator and into the hall. Connie Sorkin was 37 years old and married to her second husband with one grown son. She was an abrupt, loyal woman who was good at her job and talked eternally about her menstrual problems. The frantic murmur of a party in full swing threatened from beyond the door. Connie looked at Dinah in amusement. This is so sudden, she said, ringing the doorbell. We hardly know each other. "'Compared to the nobody at all that I'll know at this party, "'you're my best friend,' said Dinah. "'You've only worked with me a month. "'Anyway, believe me, there's not much to these guys,' "'Connie continued as the door was opened. "'One month is about all you need to really fathom their depths. "'They entered the party and were swallowed up in the festive crowd. "'Connie and Dinah slowly made their way through the Merrymakers "'toward Charlotte and the bar,' Dinah decided halfway to the bar that she was going to drink. She had never been a good drinker, tending to get drunk too quickly, and had occasionally even been known to black out, which was a tragedy considering her fondness for blunting and blurring. But she would fall back on drinking for certain emergencies on the off chance that this time it would be different. And this party, filled to the limit with people she didn't know, seemed to her to be definitely on the emergency side. Charlotte, their producer, was talking in an animated way to a slight, dark man. She seemed relieved to see Connie. Connie! Dinah! There you are! Connie, you've met uh, Rudy Gendler, haven't you? I don't believe I have, Connie said, extending her hand. I'm a big fan, Mr. Gendler. Connie, Rudy said, nodding. And this is Dinah Kaufman, the newest recruit to our breakdown riding troupe. Charlotte indicated Dinah proudly. Dinah ran her hand nervously over her closely cropped red hair and felt the full force of Rudy's eyes. They looked to her like brittle shards of light, calm in the storm of his certainty. She ducked her head. Mr. Gendler, she said, the proverbial schoolgirl. Rudy raised his eyebrows slightly. Mr. Why is everybody calling me Mr. tonight? He regarded Dinah casually. Mm, just showing a little respect for your position as a lauded and respected playwright, Charlotte said, putting her arm around Dinah protectively. Aren't we, Dinah? Mm hmm, she said running, screaming down the hallways of her mind, searching for something to say, for someone to be. Where is that file, she thought frantically, that party file, my new people file. There should be something on men, for Christ's sakes. Rudy considered her carefully. Thank you, he said. I think. Charlotte steered them toward the bar, and Dinah called, Nice meeting you, to Rudy, completing their less-than-sparkling first interaction. Then she ordered the equivalent of a small safe to be dropped on her head. She was lying on Charlotte's bed with all the coats, waiting to feel like returning to the party. But it was so nice there, stretched out, listening to the music and the hum of voices. She smiled and shifted. Someone sat down next to her. She opened her eyes reluctantly. Mr. Gendler, she murmured. "'Don't get up,' said Rudy. "'No, I don't,' she said, smiling. "'You're not from New York,' he said. "'Where are you from?' "'Los Angeles.' "'Ah, yes,' he said, smiling gently. "'How much did you have to drink?' "'Well, with me, almost any amount is too much,' she sighed. "'So why do you—' "'It generally seems like a good idea at the time.' Come on, I'll take you home, he said, helping her to her feet, which seemed much farther down on her body than she remembered them. You don't know where I live. You'll tell me. Rudy led her from the room with polite force, a reluctant convalescent. She tried to find Charlotte or Connie to wave goodbye to, but she found herself waiting for the elevator without having said goodbye to anyone. She followed Rudy into the street like a dutiful squaw where someone opened a door to a limousine. She gave Rudy your address and he gave it to the driver. They both sat back as the car headed uptown. How old are you? asked Rudy. 20. You shouldn't drink if you know that it doesn't agree with you. <sighs> I just figured since it was a party, a party filled with people you just began a working relationship with, he said. Yeah. "'she said, now totally embarrassed and slightly more alert. "'Her mouth was dry, her brow furrowed. "'I didn't do anything really awful, though, did I? A feeling of panic seized her as it occurred to her "'that maybe she had been actually worse "'than what she was dimly aware of. "'All I was saying is that you should be more careful,' he said. "'I will,' she vowed. "'They sat in silence for several blocks.' How old are you? She asked him finally. Thirty-four, he said. Thirty-four. She repeated as though that explained something to her once and for all. I liked your plays. When I was in school, I acted in the despair of possibility or aspects of Ezra, she said. Not one of my favorites, he commented dryly. What part did you play? I played the ghost, she said. Really? The ghost? I wouldn't have cast you as that, he said thoughtfully. His eyes were stony and aloof. Dinah was compelled rather than charmed, compelled by her seeming inability to charm him. Well, I wasn't supposed to be in it anyway, she said quickly. I was a last-minute stand-in. I was awful. I'm sure you were better than you think.